All right, good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. Happy New Year. I'm not going to lie. I love first service being at 1030 a lot, especially the night after New Year's. I'm going to propose to the staff this week that we drop first service and only have a second and third service. All in favor, say aye. Anybody? Anybody? C, Gay, Justin? All right, get ready. Uh, so I'm Pete. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, I hope that this coming year is full of God's presence and love and God's mission for each of us and for our community as a whole. God, help us. About eight years ago, I started using the first sermon of the year to focus us on a theme that God was inviting us to press into for the coming year. This year is a little bit different. A couple months ago, my seminary class hosted a class on continuing education. It was a retreat focused on preaching. And one of the teachers is the pastor at Mount Olivet Lutheran Church in Minneapolis, a church of 5,000. It's like the mothership of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. And he was super great guy. Real humble, real uh, authentic, real, real enjoyable guy. He was sharing about a dilemma in his church that even people who come faithfully and care a lot in his congregation were largely unaware of how the Bible tells the story of God because they preach through a lectionary that skips around a lot. And he said it was like trying to put a key of furniture together by going to step 23 and step 2 and step 17 and step 45 and so forth. And so he was praying about how to get them a sense of the Bible as a whole and feeling like this isn't something you can get done in a year, like that takes a little bit of time. And he felt like God said, you can get it done if you focus your preaching for three years. And the pastor used that to challenge those of us at the retreat. He said, what would you like to see happen in your church as a result of three years of preaching? And I had an experience that happens on occasion where I felt like God was like, shazam, this is for your community. I felt like God was inviting us to be intentional about where we're going to aim our preaching for the next three years. And I brought that idea home to our staff and our leaders and our preaching team. And the idea sparked a lot of conversation and engagement, all of it real positive toward the idea. And so we came to some agreement across our leadership. First, the goal of our preaching for the next three years is going to be to accomplish the purpose of the church. Do you think we say our purpose often enough here? What is our purpose? It is to help people love God, love people, and change the world because the world is real screwed up and needs it, all right? So we've always let our purpose be a guide for our preaching and programs, but in the next three years, we're going to be more intentional about that. In uh, most of our preaching, we've always asked, does this fit with our purpose? Instead, we're going to ask, what is the most helpful thing we could possibly be doing to see our purpose accomplished among our people? And that's a change, and it's one that I am excited about. We want to see every person who's a part of River Heights Vineyard, and that's you. Even if you're visiting, you're here with someone you're visiting with. We're super glad you're here. We want to see every person freely able to love God and love people in your everyday life. We want to see obstacles removed. We want to see spiritual battles won so that all of us become more loving people. That's the greatest commandment of Scripture. It is the great command of Jesus Christ, and it is the purpose of our church. And we know how we grow in loving God and loving people. We grow in two ways. First, by experiencing God's love. The Bible says we love because God first loved us. And that continues to be true for me today, just as much as it was true when God saved me from addiction and suicide. When I am regularly spending time in God's love, I'm a better person. Could I get an amen? All oh, my girls went somewhere. But yes, it's, it's, a, it's a true sentence, right? 
So for me, spending time in God's love means praying, just sitting and being aware of God's presence or worshiping. The best place for me to do those things is here on Holy Spirit night or on Sunday mornings. But thankfully, God will meet me in my home or in my car and lots of other places too. The experience of God completely loving and accepting me with my gifts and my flaws and failures really changes how I feel about myself. And it gives me security as I interact with the world. When I know God's love for me, I am more able to care for other people. I can open up my home for hospitality. Guys, do I want to see you at Sunday on Sunday, or sorry, Saturday at 9 a.m.? Yes, I do. Every single one of you. All of you. If you want to help cook, come at 8. Okay? All right, volunteers are accepted. Um, the love of God empowers me to serve people as people need it. And so we're going to lean into God's love, as we always have on Sundays. We're going to preach through the book of Galatians at some point in 2023, which powerfully shows how God's love overcomes the forces of law and empty religion that can get in the way of knowing God's love and sharing God's love with the world. So one way we grow in loving God and loving people is by experiencing God's love. Another way we grow in loving God and loving people is through spiritual practices that connect us to God. God's love is constant. God loves you all the time, exactly as you are at literally every moment. God loves you. But our choices have a huge impact on our openness to God's presence and love in our lives. And there are all kinds of practices that have helped those of us on staff and on the preaching team connect to God over the years by putting us in a place to experience and share God's love more deeply. We want to share these practices with you, and we're going to be inviting you to choose spiritual practices that fit your life and help you become more like Jesus and a more faithful follower of Jesus. We've recently added the third class to our membership series, which is now Connect, Belong, and Grow. Grow is the new one, and it's all about the practices that have helped those of us on staff follow Jesus faithfully through years of discipleship and ministry. And so for the next eight weeks, we're going to preach through eight spiritual practices that have helped us love God and love people. It's my hope that you will come or hear all eight weeks and that you will have a chance to have God invite you to press into one or more of these practices, whether for the first time or in a renewed way. We're also going to be preaching through a course that our staff have been taking and that is a real major push of the vineyard as a whole. Our national director has headed this thing up and like in this course, I am getting weekly coaching, bi-weekly uh, Zoom classes, and it goes on for six months and it's like a hundred bucks. They're like giving this thing away, which is fantastic. Emotionally focused or EF is about transformation through practices that help you make specific changes to your life to look more like Jesus. And it's very personalized. They encourage everyone, choose two practices to help you make these changes, one that's easy and one that's a little bit of a reach. The goal is to do something that leads you in the direction you feel God inviting you to grow. And so here's what I want. I want to be more present and free to love people in the moment. I don't want to be distracted or self-focused or self-focused during the interruptions of life because my life's about 80% interruptions. How about yours? Like, life's what happens in between all the interruptions, okay? Jesus was super good at ministry during the interruptions. The Bible is full of passages that say, as Jesus was on the way, blank happened. Or as Jesus was speaking, 
blank happened. I want to be a person who's able to be used by God during those times. And too often, I let distraction and self-focus get in the way. And so my coach said, hey, choose two practices that will help you get there in the long run. And I have chosen Sabbath and exercise. Taking 24 hours off of work every week as a gift from God reminds me of how much God loves me, not what I do. God loves me, not what I do. God loves you, not what you do. And I have been practicing Sabbath for 10 years, more, 15 years. But in the last few years, I've been slipping a lot. And I'm going to renew my focus and renew my readiness to like remember that God loves me for who I am. And then exercise, that's the reach for me. Uh, forces me into my body, and it produces a virtuous cycle in me. When I don't exercise, I feel worse about myself, which demotivates me in general. When I exercise, I feel better about myself, like I'm worth the effort, and I feel more motivated in general. And so that's what I'm going to be working on. So we're going to offer you all kinds of spiritual practices, along with ideas for how they might connect to specific changes, and you'll be able to pick whichever ones are going to fit your life. And if you want to take the emotionally focused courses for yourself, let us know on your connection card. We can get you set up right away. They're incredibly inexpensive. They're more helpful than anything I've ever seen for helping me and my friends on staff become more like Jesus in ways that is really a blessing to see happen for one another. And so when we preach through this thing, it is not to keep you from taking emotionally focused. It is in hopes that you will see, wow, this is a thing I want to do too. I'll just give you a tip in my, you know, I've only been leading a church for like eight years. I've been a Christian for longer. And I've found that when you're in a community and whoever's in authority like invites you to do a thing, there's like extra bonus from God when you do the thing. I used to get emails from the regional leaders of the vineyard and sometimes they would say, hey, here's what we think uh, we need to be doing in this season. And I would be like, well, that's dumb. You don't know my church. You don't know me, mister or missus or whatever. And I'd be like, okay, staff, here's what they want us to do. And be like, oh my gosh, that sounds a little bit lame, but fine, let's give it a try. And then, boom, the power of God would fall on that thing. Because God often works through people in this way and through communities in this way. And this is what the national director of the vineyard is pointing toward. And so I just want to let you know there might be some extra zoom from God in uh, following the direction. So consider that. So in case you have... Uh, so, as we've talked about this three-year target, here is the word we're using for our target. It is to grow in discipleship. That's the one-word version. Discipleship is what being a Christian is about. In Acts 11:26, the Bible says at Antioch, the disciples first became known as Christians, right? Discipleship is being a student of and believer in Jesus Christ. And so, just to make it crystal clear, I'm inviting you to join us in this journey you are River Heights Vineyard, whether you're a member or a tender or a guest today. I'm inviting you to pray into this and say yes to God's call to grow as a disciple over the next three years. We're going to have our ups, and we are going to have our downs. But I'm going to have mine as a follower of Jesus in a local body of believers, and I want to invite you to do the same. Our preaching team is working on series that will help. And we are going to be offering a new way to do life groups that may help you as well. Starting this semester, we're going to be offering Wednesday nights at River Heights. We're going to have childcare, youth group, and life groups all at the same time. We want to make it easy, despite how busy and overcommitted our society has become, to grow your faith during the week as well as on Sunday. And so from 6.30 to 8 o'clock, 
We're going to have kid care that is designed to be easy on your family. The kids will be encouraged to come in PJs, bring a blanket, and watch a peaceful movie in a calm environment so that at the end of the night, you can take them home and put them in bed. The teens will have youth group where they learn to follow Jesus and experience God's love together. And we're going to have life group options, including one here at the church that is currently called What the Bible, which I think is fantastic. Our first What the Bible group was started by Justin Law and Rena, along with our intern, Sandy Knutson. And when I have dropped by on that group, I have found it to be full of God's presence and of people deeply engaging with the Bible and with each other. And so Justin Law and I are going to be offering What the Bible for everyone who can come on Wednesdays. We're going to watch video clips from the Bible Project. They are fantastic. And we're going to talk about them together around tables. We're going to pray for each other. And I'm hopeful we'll have live worship. It's going to be a great time of connection with each other and God and the Bible. And I hope that you can come to any of our life groups. Life groups are also welcome to meet off-site on Wednesdays at host homes. And you can use the kid care here at the church. I ran a group like that for some years. And it was for, like, married folks with kids. And we would spend the first five minutes of every group going, woo, you know, <laughs> like I got to get a break. It's, it was pretty fantastic. Um, so kids can be dropped off at 6.15 and picked up at 8.45. I'm not sure if any groups are doing that this semester on Wednesday nights. So if you're interested in making that happen, <coughs> excuse me, uh, let us know on your connection card. We're doing this so you can say yes if you haven't ever joined a life group or if you haven't said yes in a while. Life groups are the life of our church. It's where we make friends and learn to follow what Jesus called his new command in the Gospel of John. He said, you followers of Jesus love one another. Not just a feeling of love, which you can have on Sunday when you look around at all the nice faces around you, right? But the actual practice of love that comes out of getting to know each other and being involved in each other's lives. The kind of love that helps you when you get covid or someone in your group has a baby or loses someone they love. All these things happen to us. And when we're meeting together during the week, uh, we get to actually know one another and care for one another through those things, just like the early church did in Acts 2 and Acts 4. So that's the strategic direction we're going to be heading through 2026, discipleship, which we understand as living out the great commandment of Jesus Christ. And we have a theme passage for our journey, which I am excited about. It is from Ephesians, and it's about the role every one of us has to play in each other's discipleship. It's Ephesians 4, verses 11 to 16, and here's what that says. Now, these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Jesus Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Has anyone noticed lies so clever they sound like the truth being spewed about in our community, in our world, in our culture? 
We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth with love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. And he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So God's plan for all of us to grow is to use each other to make it happen. This passage is one of the reasons I don't believe there's such a thing as a long-term solo Christian. Because God's great plans always build on our love for one another across the whole of the Bible. And so this is God's plan for us to become mature and immune to clever lies. This is God's plan for us to be people who speak the truth out of love. This is God's plan for us to fit together perfectly and help each other grow so that our community can be healthy and growing and full of love. God's plan is for us to use our gifts to equip each other for the work of God. God's plan takes other people, and it takes real relationships of service. So where are you going to find people following Jesus who are willing to serve you as you grow? That's not a trick question. You're going to find that in a church somewhere, right? Obviously. Where are you going to connect to the body of Christ in a way that grows you and the whole body? Somewhere in a church, right? I would be thrilled if that was at this church. I'd be really glad to have you here. So would the other people around you, most of them, most of the time, right? That's how we feel about each other in any long-term relationship, right? My encouragement to you is find a church and plug in. I hope this will be the one. But if it's not, find a good one, you know? Find a better one, and then let me know so I can come too, okay? We want to take our responsibility seriously. What is the responsibility of the people called by God? Verse 12, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. God's gifts throughout the Bible, there's some really long lists of God's gifts in a couple spots. With the exception of speaking in tongues, all of them are for the benefit of other people. The gifts God has given you, the gifts God's given me, they're for equipping other people to follow God for the long haul. When we separate ourselves from other believers, we hoard God's gifts and we frustrate their intended purpose. Don't take the gifts God has given you and pull them out of circulation. Invest them in the purposes of God. Every one of us has a role to play in this thing, and every part is as important as the next. 1 Corinthians 12 tells us that in the body of Christ, the weakest parts the parts that might be shameful receive extra honor and protection because they're worth it. The family of God is a place for every person to have a role and to benefit from and give benefit to the people around you. Part of making that work is knowing your gifts. And so we're going to prioritize helping you explore your gifts and use them in God's service. Gay just made an announcement today. I'll give you the short version of how to figure out your spiritual gifts. Start serving other people. The stuff that works, that's what you're gifted to do. And generally, you'll enjoy it. You know, the kind, it's amazing to me. I remember teaching a membership class. Okay, I'm not going to tell you the scary part. Um, I was teaching a membership class, and someone listed off as a thing they like to do, filing. 
And I realized, oh my God, there's people who like every horrible thing in the world. <laughs> there are people who will do the literal worst thing in the world on purpose, right? And so the way to connect to your spiritual gifts is just start serving people and figure out the parts that you like because someone else likes to do the things you don't. And we can really bless each other when we cover for each other in that way. Don't ever let me file people. It is not going to go well. All right. So we may have preaching series or workshop or life groups that focus on spiritual gifts. We just want you to be part of a family that's doing the work of God together. We want to help equip you to make that happen. And so what does all this mean for you and what's in it for you? This means we're going to do everything we can to help you experience God's love. Wow, worshiping here on Sundays is really doing it for me right now. Can we give it up for our worship team? I, I am so grateful that however distracted I am, like I worked my side gig last night until 1 o'clock, and I woke up, you know, like, oh, it's early for second service, <laughs> you know? And then I come here, and the worship just brings me to a place where I can really, really connect to God, and I'm so grateful for that. In the next two months, we're going to preach about every major way God has helped those of us on staff be lifelong followers of Jesus. And if you come every week, you'll be encouraged in some predictable golden truths like worship and prayer. We're going to preach on those things, and you'll get some surprises too. I'm not going to tell you what those ones are. You'll just have to come. We're going to be regularly offering spiritual practices to you, both in the next eight weeks and in series to come, that can help you become who you want to be in Christ. And you're going to start seeing the Life Group catalog in your program soon, and we're going to do everything we can to make it possible for every person in this community to grow in your faith during the week by connecting to other believers as well as on Sunday. And the reward for all of this, for all of us, is becoming the kind of church Paul describes in Ephesians 4, healthy, mature, growing, full of love. That is the church that God has for you, and that is the church God invites you to be. Uh, at this time, I invite you to stand as you're able, and the worship team to come on up here. I have three tips for you to put the Word of God into practice as we have received it this week. We recently asked on our connection card, uh, have you ever done any of the sermon tips? We offer these every week, right? But we're not delusional. I don't do them every week, and so I don't know how many people are doing them. And the answer is there are people, like one couple put, we go home and talk about these with each other and try to get all three done together as a couple every week. We had people say, every time. But here's what we really hope that every time we share our tips, you're open to the Holy Spirit's leading and that you'll step into whichever tips God has for you to put into practice. Here's our tips this week. Read Ephesians 4. The whole thing is beautiful. I could never preach the whole thing unless I had like an eight-hour workshop. Tip number two, would you please pray for our discipleship to grow? We want to grow in following Jesus as a whole community of people. Please pray for us. Tip number three, come to church for the next eight weeks. This is like the most countercultural thing an American Christian can do. Average church attendance for American Christians who say they're super committed twice a month. Imagine what could happen if you came to all eight weeks. You'll be here for the surprise week. We've got one week that's almost for sure going to surprise you. I can't wait, to, can't wait to preach. So let's pray. Uh, if you're on the prayer team, you could come forward at this time. Uh, we would love to pray for you during the next 
closing worship that we do. The people who are up here are trained in prayer of blessing and praying for whatever the heck you ask for, and they would be glad to listen to God and lift whatever you have up to God. You know, you can go up together as a couple. You can go up however you like. We'll be glad to pray for you. So, Jesus, we are so grateful that you have come. I want to give you thanks for all the things you have done among us as a people in 2022. And we just want to lift up the next three years to you, Christ. And we ask, uh, would you help us to faithfully follow your leadership and your guidance? Would you help us to be sensitive to your spirit's presence? And would you help us become the kind of church that you know is possible among us? We want to be who you've made us to be as a people. Let us pray for every person who's here, God. Would you find every one of us the community to connect and commit to? we can live out your purposes.